for joining us for today's message. We're always so encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives all around the world through what he's doing right here at Meadowbrook. So if that's you and you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please send us an email at godstories at nbcocala.org. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so by giving online. Thanks so much for joining us and prepare your heart to hear from God. Help me welcome our internet audience real quick. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hey, you know what I realized? We never got to greet one another. So you can stay seated, but greet some folks around you real quick. Okay, would you do that? I need a little more, a little bit more. All right. How are you? Good, good, good. Well, um, before we get into the, uh, the word tonight, let me remind you that next, uh, you're not even going to believe this, next Wednesday night is Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, so we're having dinner at Pastor Heron's house, and uh, so it's going to be awesome. In shifts, we'll do it in shifts. No. Uh, we are going to have uh, Thanksgiving Eve communion service uh, next Wednesday night. Um, make plans to be here. Well, I got family coming in. I got my weird uncle coming to town. and I'll Bring him. Bring him. Maybe God will help him be less weird, you know. So, uh, But come and be with us. Uh, and it'll be a wonderful time. Uh, I will suspend the teaching on eschatology. I like next week I won't be teaching on the Antichrist or something, you know, for... Thanksgiving Eve. So uh, come and be out for that. And then this Sunday, we're starting a brand new series called When Life Gives You Lemons. Um, I cannot tell you how uh, timely and important I believe that this series is. And uh, really the whole idea, I think you get the idea that when problems come, when the unexpected comes, are you ready? Do you know what to do? Because God has given us uh, a path to walk and, and principles to hold on to. And, um, and, and some promises that he's given us. And so this is vital, first of all, for you to be able to handle when lemons come your way. And then also vital for you to be able to help people um, because you have, you have family, you have friends, you have, you have people, co-workers, people around you that things come to them. And you want to be able to offer aid as, as well. So uh, that will begin uh, this Sunday, we have uh, invest and invite cards. They're really cool looking. Somebody told me they, they look so cool they should be the scratch and sniff kind. You know, they look, wouldn't that be awesome if we had uh, life gives you lemons? So that's a great smell. But anyway, all right, well, we're going to uh, get back into our teaching tonight. Are you ready to get into the word tonight? All right. Well, we're in a, a two year series that we're about to wrap up called Believe. Or wanting to um, just kind of articulate what, what is it that we believe, why do we believe it, and kind of organize it a little bit in what is called, don't let this scare you, systematic theology. So we have some idea, some system, some logical grouping and categories of, of what the Bible teaches on numerous uh, major categories. And so we're in the end of this. We certainly have not covered everything that the Bible talks about. You do understand that, okay? It's not like we'll close the book. Well, we're done with that book. You know, uh, we, we can go on and on and on forever um, with God's word. But um, we're in a, a subject called eschatology, which really has to do with uh, last things and end times. 
And as I've been sharing with you, it's not just about uh, last things and end times. It's really, ultimately, I think about our Christian hope. I think sometimes in eschatology, you get too focused on when did this, when will this happen and who will this be and all those things. And I think the, the main thing to keep in mind is what, what Christ will do in the end and our Christian hope that no matter what is going on in the earth. Can I get an amen on that tonight? All right. I am not an expert, okay? I've studied this uh, pretty diligently. I'm not an expert. And uh, as we get into this, there's still so much mystery about this. Uh, I'm cautious of anybody that has a definitive answer on all of these things of, of things yet to come. Um, so this is not back to the future, you know, where, where we... Uh, but God has given us some things to see clearly and some things to uh, understand in general. And so we're going to look at those. I want to go to our charts, and we'll look at our charts real quick, just of timelines ages past, and then we've got a couple of biggies here, creation, flood, the first coming, uh, where Jesus came, lived a sinless life, uh, went about preaching, teaching, and healing. He did good to people. He showed us the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then he went and became the sacrificial lamb for us on a cross. He took our sins upon him. Don't miss that. He took his sins, our sins, upon him. And um, bore them for us. Died as the sacrificial lamb for us. Was buried, rose again on the third day. Uh, Shortly thereafter was the day of Pentecost. And that's when after Jesus had ascended. And then the Holy Spirit came. And that's the birth of the church. That's when church actually started. And that began the church age. Uh, There's a time coming and we don't know when there are not really signs for this there's just it will come and it's designed that way i believe by god so that we will we will live in such a way as if he could come at any any point and that's not to live in fear that's to live in a hope it's called our blessed hope and um so that is coming and uh we'll look in the other chart in just a moment here and then second coming so believers will be caught up in the air Uh, There's some things that will happen here, and then we come back with him. So he comes for the saints, and then he'll come back with the saints. In between is a seven-year period called tribulation. We're actually going to talk about that tonight. And then following the second coming that ends the the, uh, tribulation, there will be a thousand-year peaceful reign, uh, followed by great white throne judgment. At the end of that, there is a rebellion We talked a little bit about that uh, last week, I believe, or two weeks ago. And then new heavens, new earth, ages to come. Go to the the other chart, if you would. And uh, essentially the same, except I wanted to point out here that at the rapture of the church, that could happen at any time. Here's the thing about it, though. Every believer, every generation, since uh, the beginning of the church, has believed that Jesus would come in their time. And they have reason to believe. You know, thinking, wow, look what's going on in the world. And I'm looking, I'm saying, look what's going on in the world. You know, Maranatha, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. Wouldn't bother me at all. So we're caught up. He catches us uh, up. We meet him in the air. You go, this is really far-fetched. It's because our God is not boring and, and limited. 
He's supernatural. He's a creator. He's a redeemer. There's nothing he cannot do. And you need to expand your mind and just let it believe that God who created is able to do anything that he wants to do. You've seen a good sunset or sunrise lately? That's the handiwork of God. Never the same. Never the same. And it doesn't stay the same for a millisecond. Uh, my daughter sent us a picture of a, of a sunset in Nashville uh, this evening and just beautiful. And you know what the scripture says? He does all things well. And you need to, you need to get outside more. You really do because you see what you see the aspects of the creator. You know, when, when uh, you see his handiwork and creation speaks of the creator, it tells you more about him. And it's undeniable, the scripture says. When you get out into, you just look at nature, you're going to be able to see, wow, there is a creator. Because wherever there's a creation, there is a, there is a creator. Um, he comes in, catches us up, meets us in the air. We have the judgment seat of Christ. We talked about that. Uh, that's where our works are judged, but you will be saved. Uh, marriage supper of the Lamb. And then the, the second coming, and we come back with him. Some of y'all will really like this on horses. And then touchdown on the earth and then touchdown, football season, uh, touchdown. And then thousand year millennial reign um, and the ages to come. I want to um, tonight because we're going to get into a difficult subject here. And I've been uncomfortable with, with this and I prayed about it and I just really know this, uh, it's a responsibility, you know, to share these things. Uh, how many of you know that we can't just always share only the happy verses, okay? But, the, but if you keep the perspective of this, uh, you can stay happy, okay? Our focus in all of this as believers, our focus, and we must keep it right, is the rapture. That's the event that we're living toward is the rapture of the church, the catching away. Uh, our, the second part of our focus needs to be this, is how we are living now, how we live, okay? And, and remember the Apostle Paul, we talked about this a few weeks ago, the Apostle Paul um, corrected people because they were expecting the coming of the Lord, and they weren't working, and they were looking around, and they were being busybodies and all that, and he says, cut it out. Look it up in your Bible, it says, cut it out. Well, it should, but in essence, that's what it said. Cut it out, get back to work, and live your life and be a believer and be an example. And uh, so we must do the same. We must live a fervent life. We've been talking about that on Sundays as well in the, in the uh, Do Unto Others series. But it's, our focus needs to be, in all of this that we'll look at, the rapture of the church, the catching away of, of, of his saints, and then how we are living now until that would come. And I'll go ahead and tell you, it may not come in our lifetime. And that's hard to believe, but it may not. And again, every generation has believed it was going to come in, the, in there. Paul thought it was going to come in his, his time. Peter thought it was going to come in his time. And uh, it, it didn't happen. So what happens? Here's, here's, here's the deal. We either die or we fly. So either way, if you're a believer, we're all right. Okay? All right. Now, um, do not get stuck in arguments about uh, end times about the what and the who and the when and the how and all of that. Don't get stuck in arguments. As I said, there's still so much mystery. There's many things that are just kind of symbols. 
um, the events and all the timelines are God's, okay? And so your faith, your prayers are not going to change anything concerning that. That's God's events, God's timelines, and we need to know that. We are in an age of grace, um, and there is a time to come that is called the wrath that is to come, the wrath that is to come. Um, We'll separate that out here in just a few moments. Tonight, again, I want to talk about great tribulation, and I I have struggled with this uh, over the last couple of days because um, this is horrible. It's just absolutely horrible, but we need to look at it and avoid it, okay? So great tribulation. Um, Matthew 24, verse 21 says this, For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no nor ever shall be. This will be the worst days ever on the planet uh, Earth. The word tribulation actually means this, pressure, pressure. It carries the idea also of suffering and terror. Um, our main sources, let me also say that great is the Greek word megas, and so it'd be like mega, so this is like huge, this is like big, uh, the biggest um, Uh, pressure, trouble, tribulation that would be on the world. Um, The sources that we can look at in Scripture concerning great tribulation would be uh, the book of Daniel, the book of Zechariah, the book of Matthew, and the book of of Revelation. And so I'm going to kind of do an overview, kind of a synopsis of all of this together. Again, I'm not an expert. Um, I'm leaning on some experts And then also uh, just trying to pull this together so that we get an overview uh, on this tonight. Are you still with me tonight? All right. The book of uh, Revelation, and and let me just say the Great Tribulation is approximately a seven-year period. Okay? Seven-year period. There are things uh, that in Scripture it looks like it would be actually about a seven-year period and not symbolic of a year meaning something else. But... Uh, a seven-year period. The book of Revelation divides the seven-year period into half, a three and, approximately three-and-a-half-year period, and then a uh, second three-and-a-half-year period. The first half is called tribulation. The second half is called great tribulation. So there's a gear that gets shifted, and, and uh, it gets really, really bad. Um, at that halfway mark, the Antichrist, and we'll talk about him in a few weeks, um, will make a covenant with the nation Israel. And he will then breach that covenant. He'll defile the newly rebuilt temple, and uh, war, will call it, uh, war will happen from that. Everything starts to um, really go downhill and escalate at that point. Let me again point out, we are currently in an age of grace. Okay? We are in an age of grace. The church age is an age of grace. The next period of time to come... Uh, following the rapture, the great tribulation, that is a time of judgment, okay? That is a time of judgment. So right now we're in grace. Everybody say grace. But what's, what would be coming would be, would be judgment. Let me remind you that even in the age of grace, there's trouble in the earth. You did know that, right? And just as, just as we, the body of Christ, and the work of the Spirit in the earth today are to give samples and taste and foretaste, preview of the kingdom to come, we see foretaste of the hell to come as well in, in the earth today. There is evil in the earth. Uh, you know that. That goes without saying. Um, 
believe it or not, lawlessness is being restrained. And part of that is by the presence of the Holy Spirit still in the earth today. And then once he is removed and once the church is removed, then lawlessness is no longer restrained. And that's what opens up uh, great tribulation unreal. Um, great tribulation being judgment. Let me say this, that for the most part, these are not innocent men and women. These are people that have rebelled against God. These are people that have rejected uh, Jesus. They've, re- they've rejected God and, and salvation. And so I want to go through, because it is a time of judgment on the earth, it is not the final judgment of individuals, but it is judgment on the earth. Um, I want to quickly go through uh, some, some judgments that are released these are pretty much all found in the book of Revelation. And I want to start out in Revelation chapter 6, what are called the seal judgments, the seal judgments. Uh, and I'm just going to go through these, give you some detail. Now listen, the next few moments might be interesting, but they won't be fun, okay? But what I'm going to finish up with tonight is to tell you why we won't be here for this, okay? So I want to, I'll, I'll, we'll keep a good perspective on this. But... In, the, in Revelation chapter 6, these seals are opened. Uh, we don't know exactly what all that means, but it might be a reading of a judgment. And once it is read or unsealed, then that judgment comes on the earth. Something happens on the planet and to the people. And so the first judgment is a white horse. White horse. And that's when the Antichrist will bring a false and short-lived period of peace, okay? So that's the first thing that will happen. This, now remember, this is after the rapture, and there's going to be a whole lot of people missing. There's going to be chaos. There's going to be stories that will be told. There are things already, if you kind of pay attention to movies and media and, and, and thought within uh, our modern culture, um, you know, so somehow we'll be dismissed that we've, we've moved somewhere or something has happened to us. And so it have to be some great explanation. But there will be enough diversion. And then there will be chaos. But this Antichrist figure, we'll talk about him in a few weeks, be tremendously talented, charismatic, and so forth. And he will be able to, and this is the white horse, he will bring a, a short-lived and false period of, of peace. The next seal of judgment that is opened is the red horse. It's called the red horse. This is all in Revelation 6. This will be the equivalent of a world war. This could probably be like World War III unless something happens prior to that. Uh, The book of Daniel talks about three kings that would oppose the Antichrist. And then at that point, the Antichrist and his armies will crush those three, three kingdoms. That's the red horse. Then the black horse. And this will be rampant inflation in the earth. Then the pale horse, and this will be death that will come. We don't know exactly what, but death that will come over a quarter of the earth. So 25% of the population um, will, will die as a result of this. Then the martyrs. Everybody say martyrs. And we have martyrs in the earth, or, you know, happening in the earth today. Um, right after the rapture and the beginning of tribulation... There will be a massive harvest of souls. Think about it. You remember that after uh, when Jesus uh, was in the garden praying, 
before in Gethsemane before he went to the cross. You remember that? And remember Peter drew his, his sword and cut off a dude's ear? And then Jesus picked the ear up and put it back on? Do you remember that? Okay, then move ahead to the, to the crucifixion. And there was a Roman guard that after Jesus was dead, he said, uh, truly, this was the Son of God. You remember that? Move ahead just a little bit. Uh, first sermon in the book of Acts after the day of Pentecost. 3,000 got saved. I think I know who two of them are. I just told you. I think I know who two of them are. So things happen sometimes that cause somebody to think, you know what, I'm in. And I think on the day of Pentecost, or leading up to the day of Pentecost, there was a guy named Malchus that kept rubbing his ear. <laughs> you know, and when the opportunity came and he understood, I, I believe that, you know, he, he got saved on that day. Well, I, you have friends, you have relatives, there are people that have watched Left Behind movies and read books and all kinds of things like that. And I think when the rapture of the church happens, there are going to be people go, okay, okay, sign me up, no matter what's coming sign me up and i and there will be a great uh harvest of souls at that point well the uh fifth seal is the martyrs and that will be uh, a great number of them will be killed for their faith and that's that's on into the great tribulation the sixth seal is a great earthquake that the scripture says every mountain and island will be moved out of its place the seventh seal are the trumpet seals, and this opens up a whole other thing. This is in Revelation 8, 9, 10, and 11. And there are seven seals or seven trumpets that will blast or sound. And they will sound, uh, it's not super clear where they are coming from. It seems to be that they're coming from up, from perhaps heaven. Uh, in Revelation 8, verse 1, it says that when, when, the, seal, when the trumpet seal is opened... There's silence. You ready for this? There's silence in heaven for half an hour. It's like all of heaven, just all of everything just kind of stops because of what is about to happen in the earth. So you have seven angels with seven trumpets, and they're going to sound these trumpets, and it's going to release judgment. Y'all staying with me here? Okay. The first trumpet will sound, and this is what will happen on the earth. Hail, fire, and blood will fall from the sky. This will be an ecological disaster that will take place. Second trumpet will be a mountain of fire is the way it's described. Now, do you remember that John said he was caught up? He was caught up in the spirit on the Lord's day. And this is when the Lord gave him the revelation, the book of Revelation. So he's seeing things that he does not know how to fully describe. If you read in the book of Revelation, and you should, chapter 1, verse 3 says that you're blessed just to read it. And say, so, well, I don't understand it. You're blessed just to read it, okay? And so as he, uh, as John is caught up and he sees these things, he is not fully sure how to compare them with something. So he keeps saying, it's like this. It's like this. So he draws comparison to what he does know. And so that leaves us in the dark on a number of things. But he says that a mountain of fire comes out of the sky. And a lot of scholars believe that would be some kind of meteor, a giant meteor uh, on fire that falls into the sea and kills everything. Uh, One-third of the sea life 
one-third of the seas will turn to blood, and one-third of the ships that are in waters will be destroyed. The third trumpet sounds, and it's called a star called wormwood, which means bitter or poison. This is also believed to be another meteorite, and it poisons rivers and springs. Now, how many of you don't want to be here for that? I mean, here, you want to be here right now, service, right? But you don't want to be here. Fourth trumpet sounds, and darkness descends. One-third of the sun, moon, and stars are darkened. It affects the tides and temperatures of the earth. Everything is being changed. The fifth trumpet sounds, locusts is what John describes them as. A bottom, the bottomless pit belches up smoke and locusts with a scorpion-like sting. Uh, they will sting people. It does not kill them, but it hurts for five months. I don't even want to be here just for that. Sixth, sixth trumpet sounds, four angels are released from the river Euphrates. They will lead up an army of 200 million horsemen that are believed to be demons, and they will kill one-third of the remaining population. And there will be fire, smoke, and brimstone. And then last will be uh, the seventh trumpet will sound, and then heaven will open up. And there will be loud noise and voices coming from heaven. And this is what what I believe is happening then, somehow heaven opens up and the sound, the rejoicing, the worship, the everything that's going on in heaven is heard on earth. And you, how many of you know that if you're living in hell on earth, you know, that's really going to pull on you at that point. Well, believe it or not, now we hit the second half of the great tribulation. So that's tribulation. I don't even want to know about great tribulation. Now we go to what is called the bowl judgments. We've gone from the seal and now the bowl. And again, symbolic of something being poured out on the earth. I'll go through these quickly because I want to get to a better place here. This is found in Revelation 15 and 16. There are seven bowl judgments. The first one is foul and loathsome loathsome sores. Now get this. Those that have received the beast's mark, okay, uh, that have received... Uh, the 666, the mark of the beast, they will have painful and malignant ulcers in their body uh, as a result of receiving that. The second bull judgment, the sea turns to blood. It will kill everything the remaining that's living in the sea. Third bull, rivers and waters, uh, rivers and springs turn to blood. Fourth bull, the sun scorches men. They're already parched. Water is, is virtually non-existent, and now this unrelenting, great, scorching heat comes. The fifth one is darkness on the beast or the Antichrist kingdom. Um, they're still afflicted with sores from the first bowl. The scripture says they are gnawing their tongues in pain, and they're focused uh, on the beast throne and kingdom, and all the rest of the world will be able to know where the problem is coming from at that point, and it'll be the throne of the beast. Uh, Number six, very symbolic, the Euphrates River dries up, which sets the stages for the armies to descend for the great last battle. And then seventh, seventh bowl judgment is the greatest earthquake ever. The scripture says since men were on earth, plus 135 pound hailstones would be coming. And that would be hard to dodge. Islands, islands and mountains disappear. And believe it or not, Revelation 16, 21 says, and after all that, 
men will start to, at that point, blaspheme and curse God because of the hailstones. Seemed like you would just call out to God. Maybe we'll understand one day. And then, Christ's glorious second appearing. And believers, yeah, thank you, Lord. The book of Matthew and the book of Zechariah says that he will come back and his feet will literally touch the Mount of Olives. It will split in two. There'll be a war, quick war. He wins. We're with him. Now, literally, hell on earth. Judgment. Folks, listen, we are in the age of grace now. You say, well, this sounds like mythology and this or that. If you want to deal with it in that way and dismiss it in that way, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't even take my chances. Just the scorpions and the hailstones, y'all. To be without water, to be gnawing your tongue in pain. I mean, just all the things that would come on the earth, the, the fear, the lack of supply, all, all of the things that are going on. Um, you just do not want to be here. I personally believe, the, I would say the preponderance of, of scholarly work believes that believers will not be here. That there is a pre-tribulation rapture. The charts that I showed you, point that out, that there's a pre-tribulation rapture. That is that people that belong to God, that are believers, will be caught up out of here pre-tribulation. And I say this to you, I believe that, but I tell you all this, this all the time too, and I sure hope so. I want to show you real quick four reasons, and we looked at these several months ago, four reasons, Bible reasons, that there would be a pre-tribulation rapture. We're going to do this real quick and then wrap up tonight. Number one is this. How many, of you, how many of you would be interested in a pre-tribulation rapture? Okay. Number one is Scripture, plenty of it, the Lord promises to deliver us. The Lord promises to, to deliver us. Here's just one verse, Revelation 3.10. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial. And this is repeatedly found concerning tribulation, the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the world. He will keep us from that. Uh, Plenty of other scriptures on that too. That word from, I will keep you from, is the Greek word out of, and it's not a preservation, but it's an exemption, okay? So it's not just I'm going to preserve you in it. It is an exemption. I'll take you out of. Second reason would be this. The church... The church is delivered from the wrath to come. The church is delivered from the wrath to come. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So you've got rapture right here. Wait for his son from heaven. He's going to deliver us from the wrath to come. And that is not reference in context to hell eventually, but it's the wrath that is to come upon the earth. Another reason why we believe a pre-tribulation rapture. Thirdly would be this. Christians are not appointed to wrath. Past, present, or future. We're not appointed unto wrath. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 9. For God did not appoint us to wrath. Again, uh, referencing 
the wrath that is to come on the earth, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then this one's super interesting. Number four, the church is absent. Don't miss this. The church is absent in Revelation 4 through 18. All of these chapters, the church is absent. A couple of things on that real quick. The church is mentioned 17 times in the first three chapters of Revelation. Chapter 1, 2, and 3, you have 17 times that the church is mentioned. After that, in John chapter 4, verse 1, John is called up to heaven. And John is the one describing, narrating all of this. And now he looks down. Do you get the symbolism here? He's caught up to heaven. And now he looks down and describes, looks down upon the events that are happening on the earth, the great tribulation. The church is neither seen nor mentioned again until chapter 19 when the church returns to earth with Christ on the horses. I believe that's a a big, big point right there. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.